My name is Brianna, and I welcome you to the Tales of Adventure, a D&D podcast like no other. My name is Kai. You can find me at Lesonic24 on Twitter. I play Crown, the tiefling rogue on the Land Above podcast. You can find Crown at T-L-A-P Crown on Twitter. You can find the Land Above podcast at T-L-A podcast on Twitter. Or on any podcast network as the Land Above podcast. rather bored over here. Do you mind if I join you? Sure. I got nothing better to do. I say, I love your hair. It's not often you see that particular shade of blue. Eh, apparently, according to my brother, it's a family thing. I don't really know, though. That's very nice. My name is Isra, by the way. Mikran. Nice to meet you. Pleasure to meet you as well. I'm new to this area, but I get the feeling you're, you're more of a local. Born and raised here. Well, place is a questionable thing. Sounds like there may be a bit of a story there, if you don't mind me asking. Sure. Born in Bungle. Apparently I had a mother and father. Don't really remember them. I have my older brother, Charlie. He's the one who gave me this bracelet. We used to run the urchin campus here for all the kids that don't have parents anymore. You went missing three years ago, so I've just been running it myself now. I'm sorry to hear that. Do you have any idea what happened? No, but I hope one day I find out what happened. At least find him, or find out anything good where he went. He's the only connection I have to family anymore. Family is important, especially when you don't have much of it. At least you have your urchin camp. I imagine they are sort of a family of their own, yes? Yeah, I mean, Carmilla... It's kind of more like the mom of the group. I kind of act more like a big sibling. Uh, we got Endo, who's the baby. They are adorable. And we got a new member, Pretty. They're uh, like me, Tiefling. It's a mishmash, but it's what we have. Sounds like a good group, and sometimes having a mishmash can be rather enjoyable. It's better than having all the same voices shouting at you over and over. It begins to feel like you're in an echo chamber. That's never a good place to be. I suppose, but when there's like 30 to 35 of you in a small place, it's either loads of noise or complete silence. And when it's complete silence, you worry. Yeah, complete silence is never a good thing. No, not when there's a group of us between the age of 10 and 5. If one of the 5-year-olds go quiet, you are really concerned. Usually means they're up to something. I don't work with younger children very much, but I've had to take care of a few of them for short for periods of time, so it makes you very paranoid. Uh, when you have to raise them, especially the twins, you learn to keep an eye on how much noise they're making. Otherwise, it is a disaster. Well, at the very least, it's good that they have you. In some cities, the orphans are left to fend for themselves. It's 
Good that they have someone watching out for them. Well, I only ever had Jolly to look out for me for a while, so I gotta be able to do something like he did. I'm guessing you don't travel much. We travel out of the town to scavenge for stuff, me and my friends. But it's been a while since we've done that. Say about six months. Two of my friends left to explore places. Is that why you're so restless and bored? A little bit. I'm also kind of depressed, I think. How no. come? Well, it's nearly been 40 years since Charlie went missing, and one of my friends nearly died, and the whole scenario that led up to that reminded me of Charlie going missing, and brought out fears, and it just, the last year has just been depression and fear, really. Kind of hope for a little bit we get to relax, but I've just been getting sad on Santa. Sorry to hear that. Would you like something to eat or to drink? I can get something. I know Spiritate does some really good uh, mushroom whiskey. It's uh, quite strong. Never tried the mushroom whiskey. May have to see, see how I like it. Sounds to me like you and your friends got into a fair bit of trouble over the last year. I, we've fought dragons, freaking demon that apparently called itself Zos, a demon that took control of a child, a goblin tyrant, uh, Kelpies. We've, uh, we fought a lot, really, in the last year. Every time it seems to get a bit worse. What in the world did you have to fight the dragon? Well, we didn't really fight it more than we used the crystals that were on its back to distract it. We found a, a journal from before we actually came down here about the dragon and the eldest member of our group, Ghost, wanted to go and check it out because that Ghost, Ghost likes to look at the knowledge side of things. We found some cool treasure, including this dagger, Obsidian, who only I can pull because it's apparently is enchanted to do that. I don't really know. We found some money and stuff, met the dragon, scared the dragon, and then ran away. Running ways. Never a bad idea when facing a dragon. If you don't have to kill it, I don't recommend fighting one. That I agree with. So what was this about the goblin tyrant? And Sounds like you've got quite a few stories. Well, here in Bungle, there's a uh, different sections. Where I'm from, that's where like the majority of like mixed races go. That's where ghost lives. There's the lycanthrope and oak section. Tuscan Claw, I believe it's good. I always forget. That's where my friend Riza was from. And then there's the Goblin Quarter, where my friend Donaren is from. And the Goblin Tyrant was Yuzuzu, apparently was his name. I never really paid much attention. But we had to fight him for a little bit, got booted out of the Goblin Quarter, and then brought him down. They're rebuilding now, so it's good, but it's hard. I noticed this area seemed to be rather segregated. It's part of why I came down here. I was curious to see if there's any other people to talk to. There's uh, quite a few towns along the uh, paths and down here in the dark below. Bungles at one end. I don't really remember the names of the others, but there's a long line of them. I think Bungles the only one that's really as segregated as the rest. But hey, it's the urchin camp. 
If you're a kid, you're a kid. You get to stay. It doesn't matter who you are. That's a good policy to have. I personally don't have much patience for people who divide up cities by races. Like, if it happens naturally, I don't raise an eyebrow or judge, but mm, the people above ground in the fancier cities, I'm just not a fan. I feel like here in the dark blue we're already segregated, so like, I don't see why we have to be segregated in towns as well. It's kind of stupid. I really should bring up the mayor more often. Yes, it's pestered him enough, he might start doing something just to get people to leave him alone. Well, considering they see me every three or four weeks at this point to give me a new form of community service for stealing for the camp, I'm very certain they just listen to what I say at this point. Some people don't understand what people must do to survive. I'm very certain the mayor understands. That's why it's usually just community service at this point. They gave up giving me really hard stuff when they just realized that I'm just gonna keep doing it. Kids gotta eat. I can't really do much about it. Fair enough. You think they would maybe try doing something to help take care of the children instead of punishing you for doing so. But then again, bureaucracy can be rather unintelligent. They have said to me that they would try and help once they can, and they usually do. There's usually some form of development of something. But when there's like 35 kids to feed and the town's already just struggling for food, even with the amount of hunters that go out, you just got to do what you do. Oh yes, that seems fair. So what happened with all the friends you traveled with? Well, at this point, Ghost is probably recovering from losing her tail still, so that's always fun. Riza is probably with her sister somewhere in the tunnels, and Onerin is with the rest of the blood hunters looking for undead demons and stuff, I would assume. I don't really pay attention much, I haven't really spoken to them in a while either. Probably should do that. Were you with them this whole year? Or just a short period? Well, we've been part of a scavenging group for a year and a half, nearly two years. But this year's year got really crazy. So, yeah. Ghost and Reza had a fight this year. That was difficult. Oh, it's never fun watching friends fight. Or going long periods without seeing them. I imagine you must miss them. Yeah, but... Yeah, it's not like I can leave the camp and go looking for them, and it's not like Reza's sister can come back to the town, so I just make do with letters when I can. Why can she not ret return? She committed murder to her family, so she can't return. Reza went with her, so she wasn't alone, and Onerin was traveling with blood hunters anyway, so they just went together. Seems like this is a tough place to live. Have you ever considered leaving? I'm asking out of curiosity. Where would you leave to? We're not allowed up there, they chased us down here. And quite frankly, even if we go to another town, would it just go to have to, I don't know, find something else to do? There's no real point leaving. Fair enough, life is not always kind, and fate has a fun way of leaving you with not many options. That is true. I kind of figured that a long time ago, but it's very true. In your journeys, have you been able to find out anything about your brother? No, nothing. 
But apart from these randomly throwing a doll we saw half a year ago, nothing's really come up to do with him, so I don't know. Maybe something could come up, maybe not. Who knows? Well, did he just vanish one day, or what? As far as I know, yeah, he just vanished. I mean, I know he was like me, he was part of a scavenging group. It was kind of the whole deal with the mayor. The leader becomes part of the scavenging group. So then that way the mayor helps with the camp. That was kind of the whole deal, which is why Charlie was to begin with, and now I am. But he just vanished. I don't really know where he went. Did the rest of his group disappear as well? I don't really know. They didn't really come and tell me if they were after went or anything. I just, one day he was gone. I never really got told if he disappeared anywhere or anything. He just was gone. Could have at least told you that. But I imagine they probably had other concerns. Probably. Did you have any more pleasant adventures in your time? Mm, not really from my adventures. I mean, there was the time that... I snuck inside to a narrow's house through the window, but Ghost was very disappointed at that, so it's not really an adventure or fun. There have been any strange things going on around here? Well, other than the Goblin Court being rebuilt and the whole power structure changing slightly, I think that's really the most interesting thing that's happened in Bungle so far. I know the caravan's supposed to be coming up with the mail in the next three or four days, I think. He's a hot down here. Yes, true. But I still do oftentimes prefer to being underground. Find the people down here can be less pretentious. Well, there's no little point being pretentious when there's nothing to be pretentious about. We're down here to survive. It's about it, really. Sometimes that's all you can do. True. Especially in the world like this, where it's this hateful and bad. It hurts my heart to see places like this. Honestly, there's no point to it. It's just people being blind and pretending that they're better because they look one way or another. And it's really no one controls how they're born. It's just how it is. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I couldn't help that I was born a tiefling. I just am. I couldn't help that my father was born a tiefling or my father's father. It's just genetics, but humans and elves and dwarves, they don't see that. They just see abominations, which is disappointing. Their loss. Agreed. Agreed. Definitely. And I, I mean, I feel most sorry for the werewolves and the lycanthropes and the vampires that are down here. They don't have much of a choice. They were turned or born that way. They can't help it. Sometimes people can be incredibly blind, and fortunately there's not much we can do about it, but keep moving forward and hope one day, if we prove them wrong enough, they'll start to reconsider their preconceptions. Well, I definitely hope in the past 80, day, 80 years they've started to learn, and their children have at least made a better choice. Perhaps you will be a part of the good that changes their mind. Who knows? All I can do is hope that whatever is able to help, be it me or someone else, it helps. Do you ever sometimes imagine what you wish the world looked like, or what you think it could become in time? Uh, I do sometimes. I mean, I, for a long time I wished I could just have my family. You know, my mom and pa, my brother. I wish all the kids could have their family. That was a long time I wish. Now, I just, I just want the world to be better for them. 
you know, be better for the kids. It's so hard to live down here, even not thinking about going up there. I just want it to be better, better for all of us, really. It's hard. And what do you picture that looking like? Well, definitely a lot more food. That's a good start. Maybe less hate. That'd be nice. Bigger room where we're not all just stuck in one big room. And who knows? Maybe a place where Ender isn't so scared. He's the youngest, and he's scared to even talk. Stay scared to even speak aloud. I'd like a world where he wasn't so scared to talk, where he could just be himself. Did something happen to scare him? So, or do you know? I don't really know. When he arrived at the camp, he was two. He was a baby. From what my brother told me before he left, apparently Ender had witnessed his parents' death. My brother had found him when they were walking in the dark below along the tunnels, and he had witnessed his parents' death. They had died in front of him. And no two-year-old should have to see that. And I just... Terrible. Yeah, I, I, I just want a world where he isn't so scared. He can just be himself. He's he's an amazing artist. He's a great friend to pity. But I, I just want a world where he's willing to talk. I'm willing to open up. Some wounds take a long time to heal. Especially because two years old is far too young to even begin processing something like that. He's going to need some time, but I do hope he reaches the point where... He begins to piece together and find the way to find his voice again. I hope so too. And I know what it's like. I was barely a year and a half when my parents died. I, I was not that much younger than Tim. And I witnessed my mother. I didn't witness my dad die. But I witnessed my mother. My brother shielded me from my dad's death. But I understood what it was like. I refused to talk for years and... I hope I can help and uh, get through it a little easier, a little less painfully than I did. It's hard. I'm sorry to hear that that happened to you. If you don't mind my asking, what happened? You, you don't have to tell me, or you can tell me as much as you're comfortable with. I don't really remember much. All I really remember was we were out on a trip. I think we were on a walk just near... The tunnel is just on the outskirts of town, and something came running out. I don't remember what, and I heard my ma before she collapsed tell my brother Charlie take him, take him around. And I, I, I think she said a name. I don't remember the name, but I think she said a name. And I just remember Charlie picking me up and running, running back to the town, and. I was crying, and I heard my dad scream, and then I passed out. It's so black after that. I'm very sorry that that happened to you. To be honest, I don't really think of it that much anymore. It's in the past, and I've only ever really known Charlie as I've grown up, so it's not something I largely worry about. That's understandable. Part of the healing process, I would imagine you come to a place where you leave it in the past. Of course you never truly forget them, but you get to a point where it doesn't hurt you anymore. Yeah, I mean, for me, that was when I was eight, and I don't want 
and at the age of 8 or 9 or 10 and still be in that pain. I, I want to help him start to understand it when he's younger. So then, as he grows, he can still remember them and know them, but it doesn't hurt and he can learn from it. A very noble goal, and I'm very glad that he has you. I'm, I'm glad he has me too, and I'm glad he has this friend, Pity. Pity definitely helps. He was a lot quieter before Pity joined us, so... You mentioned he is a talented artist, yes? Yes, he, uh, the thing we do in the camp, if there is a child that has ever lost a parent and witnessed it, is we usually get them to draw something that comes to mind, anything. And it was something that my brother made me do for a long time, and I started implementing it with the kids. And when Ender came, I sat him down, gave him a piece of paper, a bit of coal, and said, just draw what you want. And he drew a perfect, and I mean perfect, illustration of the entire camp at the age of three. It, like, there was details. There was details. It was incredibly detailed. And he was three. He, he is an amazing artist. That's a very valuable skill, and I imagine perhaps when he is older, he could find a way to make a living off of his art and help help the camp and help others and build a life for himself. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I usually do tell the kids we try not to protect themselves, but we usually tell them find the goals that you want to do and follow it. And always hold on to it. Like, for me, my goal is to help them. That was always my goal, because I wanted to pay back Charlie for helping me by passing it forwards. My friend Carmilla, her goal is to find happiness and love. The twins, they just want to make people laugh and smile. So I've always said to them, find the goals that you want and just focus on it. And I think Ender's goal is just to make people happy through his art. No, the more I talk to you, the more I realize there is more good in you than anyone upstairs is possibly giving you credit for. Well, quite frankly, there's not much else I can do. I have to be able to look out for them. And, as my brother always used to say, the needs of the many often wear the needs of the few. And I have to worry more about some kids than worry about myself, than worry about the praise that people are giving me. I focus on them. It's the only thing that keeps me moving anymore. And uh, you're doing some truly great things. There are some people who would not be as encouraging as you are. You're inspiring a generation of people who in other places would probably have nothing to go out and create and make the world better. The world needs more people like you in it, if you ask me. I do what I can. I understand their pain. That's what a lot of people don't. You don't really know what it's like to have to go out and make the world better unless you know what the world is like at its worst. I have been at that point where, for me, my world was at its worst, and I tried to make it better for them. So then, they don't have to reach that point anymore. And then they can go and make the world better for other people. Exactly. It's all about paying forward. I'm very proud of what you're doing here, for what it's worth. Thank you, and um, I'm glad I met you. I don't think I've ever really talked about all this before, so it's nice that I met someone that I feel comfortable with. And I'm... Glad I gave you someone to talk to and share with. You've got quite the burden on your shoulders, but it sounds like you're doing very well with it. And I've 
don't have as many okay. connections in this area, but I'm sure they'll be fixing that in the future, so I'll see what I can do to help. I'd appreciate it. Perhaps see if I can have more food ending up in your camp. That'd be nice, but I will admit, the best person to ask for the connections? Spirit, the person who runs the bar. If if she knows anyone, she'll be the one to talk to. Really not it. Oh. Talk to her then a bit. Would you like another drink or some more food? The drink sounds lovely. Tales of Adventure is directed and produced by me, Brianna Toiber, as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. The music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To see more of his work, visit his website at chesterstudios.net. Find out more about Pseudonym Social by visiting our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. If you like what I'm doing and would like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial and choose one of the tiers connected to Tales of Adventure. You can also leave a review on iTunes to make our show easier to find for those who need it. 